0: Federica, we both just finished playing Uncharted 4 um, yeah and we should talk about that today I think we both come at this from quite a unique perspective in that (laughs) we've both never really played much of Uncharted before I've played Uncharted 2 multiplayer because a friend of mine was really like loved it we used to play a lot of that Um, I played a little bit of the Vita game and I played I've played a little bit of two and three but not like I don't actually know why I've only played certain parts of these games, but I've never completed them. I'm, I wasn't well versed in the Uncharted lore before I played mm-hmm. Uncharted Four.
1: Yeah, me neither. It was my actually my first Uncharted game. I had the Vita version, but I played like three hours uh, when it came out, and that's it. I know, I knew nothing of the Uncharted history and like the story before. I was familiar with the general idea of and Nathan Drake being uh, an adventurer and a, and a thief of some kind, you know, with the pirate stuff. But that's about it. Like just general details. And and Francis Drake. I knew about Francis Drake from for some reason. Yeah, I was a new a newcomer to the series, Mike. Yeah, but
0: in all honesty, like I know that this game was kind of set to be this beautiful nostalgia thing right but like
1: yeah this beautiful send off yeah and and yeah. that is
0: what it was but in all honesty for someone who hasn't really played much of the um much of the game's history mm. i still think they did a really good job of making oh, yeah. me feel nostalgic like i was nostalgic for something i didn't really know much about <laughs>
1: yes it yes. was weird
0: and they d- they did a really good job so we should just say right now this is going to be like from now on completely spoiler heavy oh yeah if you haven't played uncharted 4 do not continue listening to this show
1: (laughs) enjoy the two minutes of spoiler free show see you next week (laughs) yeah yeah
0: we'll see you next time because we're we're just gonna spoil it all up and down um like the the scene with like the pop gun in the attic was just one of the very best video gaming levels or experiences or whatever that i think i've ever had like The feeling of this, you really kind of got to embody this retired character who was Mm -hmm. just reliving some things about his past and was still kind of just having fun. So you're like, you're just shooting these targets with a pop gun. It really kind of did such a good job of setting up the fact that Drake was done.
1: Yeah, I love the contrast of this guy alone in his attic like his sort of man cave if you will yep. full of treasures and he's walking around touching stuff and sort of remembering you know oh this skull came from that and these all remember that and there's photos and maps and books and then suddenly his wife calls him from from the you know from the kitchen or the living yep. room and and he and he realizes this guy is retired and he's living the family life and he's done with adventure and it's such a an effective contrast for me, but but it's not my favorite moment of the game, which I'll tell you later, Mike, because I want you to guess which one it is. Interesting. Uh, but yes, you, uh, I feel like the beginning set up the the context, even for someone who didn't know Uncharted before, uh, either through you know dialogue and and, and the cutscenes and the environment, because I feel like that set up a lot of the context. It was quite clever on the on the developers' part. It was such a such a beautiful way to contextualize everything in like 10 minutes. But very effective. Whilst we're
0: on this section, what did you think of the Crash Bandicoot Easter egg?
1: It was amazing. I mean, I, I'm one of the kids who grew up uh, playing PlayStation and, and Crash Bandicoot. So it was hilarious, <laughs> you know, when he was talking about uh, he looks like a fox and why he's a fox eating fruit. Uh, that was uh, memorable, really. Uh, I don't know if they set up the game to intentionally make you lose. Uh, I haven't seen people beating Elena at uh, Crash Bandicoot. I don't know if it's possible. I haven't looked on, no, on I YouTube. I think the point for the story is you're supposed to lose.
0: Like, she's never, g- she's always going to have a higher score than you. I you think suck. so.
1: I think so. But it was amazing, right? I mean... Oh, it- Yeah. Brought back so many memories. But like
0: with the whole, like the, the system starting up and Drake's like, why does it take so long?
1: Oh, the sound. Oh yeah. man, the sound. Yes.
0: They did a great job with that.
1: And it was uh, even, uh, the you know, the self-reference, uh, there's Naughty Dog and Crash Bandicoot and PlayStation. It was like sort of an inception moment. You're playing PlayStation inside of a PlayStation game. Uh, it's always fun when something like that happens. And it sort of makes, uh, you see, it's not just the self-referential uh, aspect, but it makes the, the idea of Nathan Drake as a family man even more real because he's spending time at his home with his, with his wife playing PlayStation games on a, on his couch, you know? Mm-hmm. It makes him normal, far away from the adventures and the shootings and the dead people, you know?
0: There was something, though, that, about this PlayStation part which is very confusing for me is I can't work out when this game was meant to be set. Hmm... Because there are smartphones with cameras. Yeah, There are flip phones that people are using. And then there's Crash Bandicoot. I think they kind of screwed up something here. I think that they brought the, the Sony smartphone into the game because of whatever. Maybe there was some kind of deal that meant that they needed to have something in there. And it also was useful for one mission. Right, you take the photos and send them to Sam, but I think that they kind of screwed up their timeline by doing this.
1: It's not a clear timeline when you when you when you think about it. I mean, there's all kinds of cars and bikes, there's smartphones, old phones. Like I think this is meant to be set
0: in the late nineties, early two thousands, but you think they so? put the smartphone in there. Yeah, because because the PlayStation One there is clearly new at that point.
1: Huh. I thought it was an old console that Elena keeps around because they don't care about buying a new one.
0: Yeah, that was what one thing that I was thinking. But then in the epilogue, um, the, the girl, the dead daughter, whose name I can't remember now. Cassie? Cassie. She starts playing at Crash Bandicoot yeah. and refers to it as retro. Now, it can't be double retro at this point. Like it's not like that. They're it's like it's like us keeping an NES around to
1: play. <laughs> it's vintage. Yeah, it's,
0: I I think that like she has kept it because and like it's just whatever. It's like ten years later and that console's still knocking around inside the house. But I mm. genuinely think that it was meant to be new then. I, I I just think their timelines all all screwed up because there was a couple of things that they wanted to do and they didn't really match up very well. But this is a very light criticism of this game, in all honesty.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, we're just nitpicking. Here. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I don't know. See, that's what I wanted to ask you. I don't know if this Crash Bandicoot reference, because it could have been any other game, right? Makes sense for Naughty Dog to have their own game, uh, you know, in the, in the final game of the Uncharted series as sort of a tongue-in-cheek reference. But does it spell a possible reboot of Crash Bandicoot? Because I would love that. I,
0: don't I think so. Naughty Dog have moved on so much.
1: Yeah, yeah. But even on a smartphone, you know. There used to be the the Crash Bandicoot game on the iPhone, right? Uh like 8 years ago. Am I am I dreaming this or did it actually exist? I don't remember that. Wasn't there a Crash Bandicoot game for the iPhone, Mike? I think there used to be one. Or maybe it was on the PS Vita. Yeah, I don't know. I don't There know. was
0: Crash the Bandicoot Nitro Kart.
1: Nitro Kart. See, I was about to say Crash Team Racing, but the Racing, but that was on the first PlayStation, and Activision did uh, the Crash Bandicoot Nitro card, and the last update is in uh, 2010, so six years ago. Yeah, there used to be some some Crash Bandicoot on the iPhone, but I I feel like the Crash Bandicoot uh, days are behind us, mostly. It fits for an Infinite Runner style, but... It does, especially on modern iPhones, you know, We, we have all kinds of these games. Anyway... Uh, it was very fun, the PlayStation stuff. Uh, it was very real, and I and I loved the, I loved the setup on the you know the Nathan Drake family man husband. Uh, that was really, really fun. And even without knowing the story of Elena and Nate, like the the backstory and all of the details, I think it was contextualized quite well. And actually, if you go watch the interview with uh, Neil Druckmann of uh, Naughty Dog. Uh, one of the scenes that was cut from the final version because production was winding down is a cooking scene. You needed to cut the ingredients and make uh, huh. prepare a meal, I think, uh, but that was cut from the from the final version. And they asked him about if you ever make a director's cut edition, would you would you consider bringing some of these scenes back? And I don't I don't think the the, the cooking scene could could even come back in a in a director's cut. So it was there, but it's not there anymore. So I think they they just order some food <laughs> in the final game. They don't they don't cook. It's just made.
0: like it's, the food it's just made. there. So let's talk about the the gameplay itself, right? So the shooting and the ropes and the winches and the climbing.
1: What did you think mm. about all of this? So two thoughts. Um, I spent a lot of time trying to understand where I was supposed to climb next. Because it's hmm. not always intuitive, uh, at least I, or maybe I'm stupid, I don't know. But sometimes I couldn't figure out what the next uh, uh, platform or like uh, rock is, and uh, I just loved the winch mechanic so much. It got me the first time. It was one of those moments where I'm like, "Huh? So you can do that? That's quite genius." And when you when I, when I grabbed the winch, and I just instinctively I went around the tree to kind of, you know, attach it to the other end, I was like, oh my God, this totally works the way it's supposed to work. Well,
0: I initially walked up to the tree expecting to press triangle and see a little no. motion of
1: Nathan Drake <laughs> wrapping the winch no. around, right? Because that's how it's normally done. You got to do it yourself. And the, the ingenious part is you can see the texture of the tree as the sign of previous winches on the bark. So that's part of the the, the
0: fantastic level... Design yes now yes. Th- which surprises me that you struggled with the climbing thing because I think they do a lot of that like it's they do a lot of indication they in do. the texture of the 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 rocks or whatever yeah to try and show you where you're meant to go next but one of the things in this game which I found quite interesting which is different to other games like this that I've played is there did feel like there were multiple ways to tra- like to kind of traverse a a, a a scenario like an environment which is unusual i think that you would have multiple ways usually it's more on rails than this and i liked it for that though because i felt like i
1: was at least to a point forging my own path Mm. i noticed that that you could do like a jump or a climb multiple ways but sometimes i wanted to do uh things my own way and Mm -hmm. i kept dying so i also noticed that there was some guidance often in the game that you were supposed to do one thing in a certain way but yes i did notice that a bunch of climbs and a bunch of jumps could be done differently and that was nice so maybe you know they wanted to have more of an open ended approach but not always
0: what about um the kind of the characters and the voice work and stuff like the voice work was excellent i i loved when sometimes sam or uh drake or whatever would sound scared to make a jump. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff.
1: It felt like a movie to me. And I remember actually when the when the Nathan Drake collection came out on PS4 a few months ago, I wanted to start playing Uncharted and I played like the first 10 minutes of the first game. Uh, and it, uh, actually I didn't remember when I was playing Uncharted 4 two weeks ago that you meet Elena in, in the first 10 minutes of the first mm-hmm. Uncharted game. Uh, but I remember telling you Mike, I don't know if you're on the show or on text messaging. I told you it sounds like a movie, and Uncharted Four sounds even more like a movie. Like the voice work, the the little jokes, the the tone of the voices, it's very well acted. I think.
0: I don't think I've played a game that did as good a job at representing human emotion than this game. Right, like especially the scene where. Um, Elena catches you in like the hotel room right Mm -hmm. when you've been away you've been lying to her and then you walk into a hotel room and she's there the way that they capture that moment between that married couple is fantastic it's absolutely fantastic
1: and I love how um, Sully looks at you and he's like where are you going go to your wife and Nathan reacts by just staying silent and he says something like, let's keep on with the mission.
0: Yeah, and like when Eleanor comes back later on and she kind of saves your life, the, there's just like this real awkwardness between them that mm. persists for a long time and I love how like over the course of the two of you then taking this adventure together you feel them start to warm up to each other again and get over their problems um, as the kind of like the Saving their own lives and saving Sam's life brings them back together again. It's just absolutely fantastic the way that yeah. they like portray and represent the emotion between the characters. It's I've never played a game like this before.
1: It felt like besides saving their own lives and saving Sam's, they were also saving their own marriage. Yes. You know, yeah, saving themselves as, themselves as a couple. Yeah, and in fact, now that you bring it up my favorite scene in the game is when you're with Elena and you steal the the jeep from Mm -hmm. the the shoreline and you climb the the hill to get to New Devon and the music starts playing louder than usual and the camera does some things to move around and you're just driving with this jeep uh, you know, upwards in this hill and there's the music and the scenery and it's just... uh, It was a beautiful scene like it was... An unusual scene for me to have in this kind of game, you know. It was surprisingly uh, relaxed and beautiful for an action game, but it also carried the meaning of this couple sort of working working out their issues in this crazy adventure, <laughs> and it was beautiful. And I've seen other people on Reddit having my my same uh, sort of taste, saying that the favorite scene on, in the, in the entire game was the jeep scene with Elena. So. Just in general, this game is stunning to look at. It's amazing. It's I think it's the best game I've ever played. Like graphically, graphically, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, of course, I don't have a PC, so I'm I know that you know a lot of PC people have better stands, standards to compare to. Uh, but on PlayStation Four, uh, not just you know the number of polygons or whatever. But it's just beautiful and impressive, which is, you know, it's two different things. It's beautiful landscapes, beautiful wo- voice work. It makes it all feel real. And, uh, you know, uh, it's also graphically impressive, I think. So it's, you know, it's a joy to play. And I cannot imagine, you know, having an upgrade on a PS4K, uh, an upgraded mm. version of the game, but. It possibly look like, but I mean, it's a, the perfect candidate for the kind of a remaster edition, you know? Yeah, well,
0: I definitely agree. Like to just make those textures pop even more. Like it, it looked yeah. great. Like I didn't notice anything about the game which looked bad. You know, like I didn't nothing tear, nothing. I wasn't falling for any walls or anything. Like just the level of polish in this game was excellent, and I guess you know that's probably why it was delayed.
1: What I wanted to ask you about the, the mechanics is we all agree that the, the jumping is unreal. The, the way that it, <laughs> that it grabs onto platforms and stuff, it's yep. just impossible. Okay. But it's, it's sort of it makes sense in the dynamics of the game, but it doesn't make sense in the real world. So please don't try that at home, I guess. And... Another thing that I wanted to ask you, Mike, about the story and sort of the development of the story throughout the game. I, I wanted to, I want to understand how much of a role the um, reading uh, the sort of the notes and the letters and the diaries from other people played for uh, your experience. I don't do a lot of that. No,
0: why? I should... <laughs> because it's boring? it bores me
1: no i knew that you cannot even read in a game it bores me it bores me to
0: read this stuff like no i will read the notes that seem to be important but if i just find something randomly around like i don't i don't read it like
1: that i find that so tedious i mean it takes you 30 seconds but it's boring oh my god mike it added so much to the story like when you when you are exploring the what's the name the final island uh, libertalia when you're exploring that island and you and you start seeing all of these dead pirates uh and you read their their notes you start to understand that it's basically like a civil war going on like there's like a a war yeah, between these factions but I picked all of that up from the story yeah but it adds more context and uh. it's oh uh, mike Today's episode of
0: Remaster is brought to you very kindly by Igloo, who make the intranet that you'll actually like. The reason that you will like Igloo is because it allows you to access your intranet from wherever you are, no matter what it is that you want to do, no matter what device you're on. It's not an intranet that is stuck looking ugly. It's not an intranet that is stuck to be used just in a web browser or on a PC connected to your company's network. You don't need to worry about any of that stuff. Igloo lets you manage this stuff safely and securely, In easily from wherever you want to be. We're talking task lists, status updates. We're talking documents. No matter what it is, Igloo is with you. It is mobile. It is responsive. It looks great, and it all works. It's super secure. They have 256-bit encryption, single sign-on, and active directory integrations. You can plug in services like Box, Google Drive, and Dropbox, so everything stays nice and secure, and documents aren't getting spread out across people's individual accounts. You can set them all up with your company, which is great. They have their own document collaboration engine with Red Receipts to make sure everyone has seen that critical information. You don't have to run around the office with a piece of paper. You can just see who has seen it. Everything is surprisingly customizable. You can rebrand everything, give it the look and feel of your team, and you can also enable specific functionality with specific parts of your organization, thanks to what Igloo call group spaces. It is time to break away from the internet that you hate. Go and sign up for Igloo right now, and you'll be able to Try it out for free for any team of up to ten people for as long as you want. You can go see if Igloo is right for you by going to igloosoftware.com/remaster. Thank you so much to Igloo for their support of this show and Relay FM.
1: So, what do you think of uh, of the g- the general story of uh, Libertalia and the Pirate Utopia and that kind of stuff? So, I think there's some good and bad in here. Um, mm.
0: The overall story was very video gamey, which it's nothing you could do right you know Sam's turning on you at some point. Yeah. Right? You know that something's not right with Sam because they just, you know, that's telegraphed in the same way it's telegraphed in a movie, right? You just don't trust that character.
1: Let me ask you, when did you pick it up? Immediately. I didn't. From the moment that he
0: <laughs> arrives, I know that there's something not right oh,
1: about no, him. No, 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 no. I trusted him. The whole story, the whole Interesting. You know what What did it for me? And maybe it wasn't even meant to be that way. But when you're on, um, on I think, the first uh, Avery Island, mm-hmm. you know, when there's the statue. Mm-hmm. And uh, at some point, basically, Nate and Sam are on two different platforms. And Sam has to go look for a crate. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And it yeah. takes him a surprisingly long time. Yeah,
0: I, I not totally noticed that. That was really well done. Because you
1: think he's run off, right? No, I actually think, in my mind, my process was like, why is it taking him so long? What is he doing? He has a cell phone. Oh, my God, he's texting Rafe. That hmm. was my my, my process. <laughs> Maybe that's what he was doing,
0: but like there are a few things like that where the two, if you get separated and he takes too long to do something, or he runs off like because he gets so excited, and you know, that all builds to the suspicion you're meant to have. I just never trusted him because like he appears out of nowhere and needs you mm. to go and help him do this thing. <laughs> there was probably I didn't think he was working with Rafe; I just figured that he was just trying to steal
1: the treasure for himself. Yeah, he was just using Wraith, you know, or maybe not using, but just he was forcing him to do this. And I don't know, eventually, maybe he was hoping that uh, it would all work out. I don't know.
0: But I think part of this lends into maybe a little bit of an issue that I had with the game was the pacing. I felt in points like, you know, you're saying about like, what did I think about the islands and the story and stuff? I think there was maybe a chunk of the game that wasn't needed. Too many times you felt like you were about to find the treasure
1: and then you were sent somewhere else. That's true, that's true. It was like a very long scavenger hunt.
0: Yeah, I I feel like it wasn't necessarily as as required as as they maybe ended up, you know, they believed that it was. And also, I think there was a little bit too many... Uh, instances where you were trying to act stealth because of shoreline guys. I love that. <laughs> they, they were good. Like they were good, but I think there were maybe a few too many of those scenarios. I I genuinely think that like they were trying to hit a gameplay hours limit. Like they were trying to make the game a certain length to to make people happy about their purchase so they maybe stretched it out a bit more than was needed.
1: You may be right.
0: Uh, You know, and it's like, whatever. Like, I... I felt like I had a really chunky experience, but there were just times where I was kind of felt like, am I about to end? No. Okay, here we go again. But I was always given new things, though, which is what I liked. Every time they would go past that, I would get a new, different thing to do. It didn't feel like I was repeating the same stuff, you know, like, oh, here's a Jeep now and oh, here's these elevators you have to access now. Oh, here's this town which looks completely different to anything else in the game like i didn't feel like they were just giving me like go through the jungle okay you defeated these guys you got a clue go through the jungle like it didn't feel like that it wasn't repetitive it just felt like it was a tad longer than it needed to be i think
1: but there was definitely a pattern of walk explore shoot Walk, explore. yeah the
0: the general the general kind of overall theme and mechanic of the game remained the same, but they I think they did a good job peppering it up like yeah. I wanted more puzzles than stealth murder
1: huh yeah i am the opposite I wanted more stealth and more action and fewer okay. puzzles interesting
0: yeah, so I, I think that what they probably ended up doing was creating a balance for everyone. Yeah, exactly. Right, rather than me or you feeling that it was way too much of one thing, but like just giving everybody a bit of what they needed. What did you think of the flashback scenes?
1: Oh, we are the the ones with the with the kids. Mm-hmm. They were interesting. They, they they
0: that second one, the one where you're in the house. Uh huh. That was way too long. That took forever.
1: It took forever, but it did add a bunch of context
0: to the story. I feel, I feel like it could have added a lot of that context and been about half
1: the time. Could have been half, could have been half. Yeah, I agree. But the first one I didn't really get in terms of story. Like, okay, it's your crazy brother and he helps you escape from this uh, orphanage or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it didn't really carry a lot of... I mean, I guess it teaches you the controls maybe? I don't know. Yeah, it was a good
0: tutorial and it was meant to lay the groundwork because Sam has never existed in any Enchanted game.
1: See, that's what I wanted to ask you. So Sam is new. People yeah, don't he's know he's never him. mentioned, and
0: they do a good job of covering that up, right? Because mm. uh, he never tells Eleanor about her because he says he tried to block him out of his mind because he thought he was dead, right? So he never spoke about him. He, he, they meant, he mentions that at one point in the game. Like, oh, I never brought him up because I wanted to try and forget. Hmm. So like he brings that up, so that was a smart way of doing it. But yeah, you are meant to be that 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 whole initial scene is meant to teach you the game mechanics, but also do a job of establishing the relationship between the two of you.
1: Yeah, it makes sense from that point of view. Then yeah, I think Sam was a was a uh, an interesting character uh, because of the lie, because of the way that he acts, mm-hmm. but um. I think I, I I have a thing for Elena in terms of character development and story. You know, it was such a well-rounded character in the game. And the way that the relationship between Nate and Elena definitely better for me than the relationship between Sam and Nate. Yeah. I feel like it's more of the game even. Maybe you can feel the developers wanting to put more importance on Nate and his wife than Nate and his brother at least that's what i what i got yeah for sure because uh, in, in the end that's what you go back to you know you go back to your wife and your and your family life you don't go back to to having adventures or maybe you do because in the in the in the ending mike i bet you didn't look at the photos and the magazines on the wall Did you? In the epilogue, Mm. I did.
0: I looked at everything.
1: Oh, okay. So sometimes you do look. Well, I was
0: super (laughs) invested in the characters by that point. I wanted to know what had happened to Drake and Eleanor. Which, like, I don't care about the pirates. Like, the pirates that I've never met. Like, they're not exciting or interesting to me, really. Um, But in that epilogue scene... I wanted to know everything about the people that I'd just spent multiple hours with, the people that I'd cared about, the people that I'd, you know, like wanted to get to retirement. Like that is a thing feeling that I had at the end of the game. I wanted it to end so Drake could go home. Yeah. Like I had that feeling. I was like I want him to leave this place and go back to his wife. Like, I wanted all of that. And, like, I love that scene at the end where, like, she's stolen some gold coins so they could buy the business and live their life. Yeah. So when I was put into that epilogue scene, I was like, right, I need to find out everything I can possibly what find What happened? Out.
1: Yeah. yeah. So the idea is, uh, Nate uh, and his wife bought the salvage uh, company. He, go, he goes back to his job, but after a few years, based on the newspapers and the magazines on the wall, they create this new company called uh, DF Fortunes, maybe, mm-hmm. and they go back to adventure and to discovering treasures and lost cities. But what looks like in a legal way, though... Looks that way because they're all over, you know, magazines and stuff. Because yeah. Elena didn't want to do illegal stuff anymore, uh-huh. and they have a daughter, and the daughter is also an adventurer of some kind, and she's a teenager. She's been also on magazine covers, on newspapers. So the it, the idea was once you're once you are an adventurer, once you are an adventurer forever. You can do it different. You can do it in a different way. You can have a family, even. You can do it with your with your partner if you want. But once you have that in your nature, you're destined to do that for the rest of your life. At least that's the takeaway that I had from the game. Yeah, for sure. And it was quite beautiful in that, you know, uh, the idea of this this family living on this island. I suppose on this crazy paradise-looking you know, island and, and house filled with all sorts of crazy things and artifacts from all over the world. There's photos, and you can tell that it's a very open family, that they travel a lot, because uh, Cassie has a lot of posters and photos and pictures and books in her room. And you can tell that it's a fun family, you know? It's a very modern fun family. And... And it's a very beautiful idea that they sort of retired from the city life and from, you know, the shootings and the killings, but they still go on adventures. And that, the, and that's the, the, the idea for me in the end was Nate has a past, as a crazy, you know, Indiana Jones type of character, but now he's settled, he has a wife, he has a daughter, but he still goes on adventures, he still does what he likes, only in a way that he can also have a family. And that's sort of beautiful, you know?
0: So another character that I found fascinating in this game was Nadine, because Mm. I I can't recall ever seeing a female character like this before in a game that I've played. She was an absolute badass. Like, and I've seen like strong women characters in games before, but to the point where she was beating you up, Mm -hmm. right? Like, When that first interaction occurs, I'm like, no way. No way are we going to have a man and woman fight here. Mm -hmm. But, oh yeah, it happens. And, oh yeah, she kicks the crap out of you. Every single time that you (laughs) interact with her, she kicks the crap out of you. And I love that. I love it.
1: Yeah, no matter how hard you try. And I tried. Uh, there's just no... But well, you got no. to
0: try, right? It's the game is pushing you to do it.
1: And I mean, yeah, you get a few hits in every
0: now and then, but she always gets the upper hand. Even when it's two on one, she gets the upper hand.
1: Yes. And I did love the way that she sort of exited the story at the end. You know, you're finally on Avery's ship. And it's you and Rafe, and there's Sam under like a... <laughs> what is that? Like a, like a giant... Uh, piece of the the, the, the ceiling of the ship I don't know and she looks at you both you're fighting and and she says don't you see what's going on here because there's uh, Avery and Thomas Tew uh, is sort of partner in crime uh, from the pirate era and they stabbed each other to fight for the treasure basically because Avery wanted to get away and Tew wanted to stop him And, and she's like you two are killing each other for this treasure and everyone that goes after this treasure eventually dies and like I'm out of this crap <laughs> and yep. she just goes away and she's a mercenary and she lost most of her army but in the end she realizes I mean, you know I don't care about this anymore I'm just whatever you figure it out you die I, I'm just I'm leaving this place and that was very real you know I mean she's like I'm done with this whatever <laughs> I love that
0: yeah, it was a really great way of doing it. Like, I loved her exit. She's just like, you guys are just so petty. Yes. Like, like <laughs> I have put so much money into this. I've got some treasure. Cause she stole the treasure, basically, that they got off the first pirate ship. Yes. Right? She's done. She got her payment. She's done now. And she's like, you guys can just stand in this burning ship that's sinking and fight out with swords for as long as you like. But I'm totally
1: <laughs> done with this. Can we just mention how much of an idiot Rafe is? Yeah, he is an idiot. <laughs> He's just this rich family boy who, for some reason, is obsessed with treasures. I, uh, I don't know, but is Rafe like a like a recurring character in in the in the series? Have we seen Rafe before or not? Because I, um, I, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. But even if it, even if it's a new character, I mean, it's the kind of. Stupid evil enemy that I just cannot stand, and and I thought the the final fight, you know, with the fencing, it was very difficult. So I played on normal and I died like ten times before winning the fight because I struggled to understand the mechanics to um to what, what is that to parry what, what what's it called with the, with a sword you know, Oh, fence, yeah, uh, sort of the mechanics to block left and right. Uh, I struggle to understand that. Uh, But I thought it was quite original, you know? I was wondering, like, how is this final boss fight
0: going to occur? Mm. Like, I was thinking about that as we were approaching it. And I was like, are we going to be doing, like, a series of quick-time events? Like, is it going to be a shootout? Like, what is it going to be? And I think as a way to do it, it was really interesting. It was a completely different mechanic that you hadn't had anywhere else in the game. And it was hard, too. It was hard, And so, yeah, I, I think that that as a way to end the game, like the sword fighting, was pretty good, and it, we got a lot of good character moments out of it. I think it was a satisfying kind of end from an action perspective.
1: I agree. Yeah, it was. My and, whole uh, feeling
0: about this game is a feeling of satisfaction. I am like,
1: very satisfied. Yes. It, uh,
0: everything about it really satisfied me. I got a good amount of gameplay out of it. It was varied gameplay. Um, I got to go, feel a real character arc occur um and i loved the epilogue i felt very satisfied of where the, the game actually ends um it, the overall fantastic and do you know what i hope they do i hope that they continue the series with the daughter in a couple of years time
1: you think so i th-
0: and i think they will do that i mean i think naughty dog have been very clear to say this is the end of drake's story i don't mm-hmm. think this is the end of uncharted uncharted is too big a, a series sony's not going to want that to happen if only Shahid was here today, he could tell mm-hmm. us how much Sony wants
1: Uncharted to occur, right? Like, they're not going to want it to go away. It's always sad when a fictional story has to end. Because you grow you grew so attached to a character and, and you understand the natural progression of the character's life. So Nathan Drake now is a retired man. He goes on adventures with his wife, but you don't shoot and you don't kill people anymore. So that wouldn't make for a fun game. Uh, but you're like, this is a this is, story is not real. Why can't there be more Nate games? Why do you have to be retired? Why don't you go back to killing people? You know? And I feel the same way when TV shows end, for example, or when, you know, some character that I really care about dies. Why do you have to die? I want more of you. Uh but you know, in every good story, there has to be an end. Otherwise, it's just a soap opera. You know, so it makes sense. For as much as I, as a, as a new fan, as a new player, I love Nathan Drake, and I can only imagine, like, being a, f- a fan of the series, starting with the first game on PlayStation Three. I this game made me feel like I sort of. Missed an opportunity in leaving the uncharted era when it was time to do so on the PlayStation 3 yep. because it I I remember leaving The Lost, you know, the TV show era when it was airing. And it was such an amazing feeling to be part of a community of fans and following the story and watching the show. And I can imagine it's the same for a series of games. You know, the anticipation, the trailers, the waiting, the playing, the discussion that we're having right now. But we're not going to have more discussion about this game because it's over. And I feel like I... Don't want to say I wasted my time, but I missed an opportunity in not playing Uncharted before. And I feel like as a final game, as and as my first game, that's the biggest accomplishment, maybe. To make you feel, as a new gamer, as a new follower of this series, like you missed out before. So, you know, there, maybe there's no best compliment I could pay to a sequel than this.